Hey, everybody, this is Mark. And this is Kenny. And we just wanted to thank everyone who has uh, sent us their confessions. And we are getting ready to close the vault on your confessions and our confessions. So we're asking one last time, if you have something you'd like to confess to us, please email it as a video or MP3 to Mark B. Snyder. That's M-A-R-K-B as in boy, S-N-Y-D-E-R at hotmail.com. And listen, I just want to clarify, like I, we've gotten some amazing confessions and it's going to be a beautiful episode. The confessions don't have to be about Madonna, but they can be. They can be about anything you want. This is a safe space that we're going to just share with thousands of people who listen to our podcast. Thousands and thousands of people are going to listen and but, know what your confession is. But you can say this is an anonymous confession. Like, obviously, we're going to know who it is because you're going to email us, but we won't share your information if you want to give a confession and keep it anonymous. I think that's a lovely idea. Let's keep it anonymous. <laughs> we look forward to seeing your confession soon. Bye. This is Mark. And this is Kenny. And this is All I Want to Do is Talk About Madonna? Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is album 12, track 11. Push. She's in the home stretch and she's running out of ideas. Oh my God, Mark. (laughs) That is not true. Listen, before we get into the song, though, we need to introduce our very, very special guest today. Yes. uh, Gia Zampella is a Madonna stan and one of our most ardent listeners and wonderful uh, beings, uh, born and raised in New Jersey, and she still lives there. And she... Uh, I have to tell you, uh, when we were talking about guests for confessions on a dance floor, I was like, we have to ask Gia because I want to know her story. I want to know what she thinks of this record and specifically push. And uh, and luckily she is with us today. Welcome, Gia. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolute pleasure to be here. Pleasure to talk about this song because I have a personal relationship, but also because I feel like it's the weirdest song that you could choose of this phenomenal album. Like, 
what song do you want to talk about? Push. Like, okay. Like <laughs> we were literally like, so are you thrilled sure, right? this. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Mark was like, I don't know how we're going to talk about push. And I, I personally love push too. So I'm glad that, you know, now it'll be two against one. Bring um, it guys. I'm, I've got my <laughs> ammo ready. You. We're going to convince you. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm open babies. I'm open. Gia, will you tell us a little bit though about, um, you know, your connection with Madonna from, you know, childhood, like where you found, how you found Madonna, how she connected with you. Yeah. All that. Yeah. So I'm 34. So I'm like kind of prime for her really in the like nineties, two thousands MTV days. My first memory of Madonna was, I was like very, very young, three or four. My parents liked celebrities and I used to get her, her confused with Marilyn Monroe. And, um, my mom like gave me a little action figure of Madonna in the cone bra. I don't know where she found it. And that like helped me remember like, okay, this one is Madonna and the other blonde is Marilyn. Wait, 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 wait. An action figure? Like a Star Wars action? Like like that size or? No, it was really small. It almost reminded me of like a knockoff toy, like a, like a really, like maybe something you would find like, at a little junk shop, like a little okay. toy. It wasn't even packaged. And my mom, maybe somebody gave it to my mom. Like my mom was a fan. She was like, Ick. whatever. Yeah. And she was just like, this one is Madonna. And then I was like, it was tangible. Like it was, that was my memory of like being you obsessed are, with her. You and have a great then, mom. Um, yeah, I, well, I do have a great mom. Um, and then, yeah, I would like write about her all the time as a, as a child. I would write short stories about her. Um, I was just very invested in her as a woman. I just thought she was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And Confessions came out when I was in high school, uh, like junior to senior year. Yeah. And I don't know, like 16, 17 is a rough time for a teenage girl, a really rough time. And I was in a pretty intensive musical theater program. And the director was a Madonna fan aficionado. I mean, he was a scholar essentially. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think he kind of took me under his wing that we had met each other at this time when she had a new album releasing and I was so angsty and it just like became a thing where I would sit in my teacher's office and he was like a 40 year old guy. And we would just like spew on, on this album particularly and her, and he just taught me a lot of stuff. And yeah, it it really was the kind of the awakening of like understanding her as an artist and not just somebody that I was like a fanatic about, but like didn't really, yeah, didn't have much insight. So you would hear her music, but you were, it wasn't, it was more about her as a person, less about the songs that were coming up as you were well, a kid. Like, I loved, I loved the videos, but I just, I don't know. I was very interested in like her. I, I knew her mother died young. I knew she was from Detroit. Mm. Like Eminem was from Detroit. I mean, I learned later, he came later, but like, I don't know. There were just like things about her biography that I felt um, fascinated by. I Mm. thought like, how could someone so lonely become the most famous person? Like, I just love that. So yeah, I used to like write about almost like fan fiction about her when I was a kid. I wonder, like, do you remember what any of your stories were about specifically? Just about like, I would 
probably retell her story of of becoming but like because i didn't know it yet like mm. the true origins or like i didn't know when she moved to new york or whatever so i would just kind of write a story of like this lonely motherless girl that then became the biggest artist in the world like i would yeah. just write that as like little short stories i have yeah. some, like i have to find them for you i have I some. Would, we yes. would love to read them maybe maybe you could get a job doing rewrites for the film <laughs> I, I, think, would, I think they're looking i have an opening scene I have an opening <laughs> you scene. do yeah. What's your opening scene? Can you share? I once or is it, yeah. read. I once read, and I think it may not even be true that when she was little, she used to ride her bike around town and like lock eyes with every stranger so that they would remember her. And I thought that was so like iconic. And I, I was like, I don't even know if that's true, but it's dramatic, and it like it feels like it could be something a seven year old Madonna could do. <laughs> So that would be my opening shot. I, oh, I, I let's let's believe that to be true. I that sounds so believable. Yeah, yeah well, I she love that. She definitely also talks about that when she lived in the East Village and that she would do that as well. So I kind of can now see, if you don't mind me building on your image, like we start in Madonna's eyes, right? Because it's all about those eyes. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then we're on the bike, right? And we see her as a child, and then it could like flip into like. 80s New York or late 70s mm -hmm. New York. And then we're in the story. All right, here we go. Um, <laughs> great. Um, um, and with your with your um your teacher, do you all stay in touch still or is is he still? Yeah, kind of. We kind of. Um, I think just naturally, like we've had a little bit of a falling out, but always around like Madonna stuff, we we reach out and he's just like a he was just somebody that taught me a lot about the culture that I'm interested in. So when moments arise, like we always check in and have like a little powwow. I love that. That's wonderful. What was it about confessions? I mean, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how there's that window of time when you're a kid, probably like 13 to maybe 20, 21. When yeah. you are a teenager, you if you're lucky, you have some disposable income to be right. listening and buying records and all of this stuff. What was it about? So you're already in that window of very yeah. um, fertile and um, um, susceptible uh, artists coming your way. What was it about that album specifically that, what is it about this record that kind of punctured you and, and really resonated with angsty 16, 17 year old Gia? Well, it kind of started a little bit before with, I'm going to tell you a secret. I was obsessed with that documentary. I have the words, I'm going to tell you a secret tattooed on me um which came later but like I was obsessed with that and kind of the process of her as an artist right because I was mm. saying like I was I was getting into like okay I love this woman like let's get into the art and, and the making of and maybe coming out of that that previous tour I had just had no expectations of what this was going to be and I probably wanted something harder, darker, like more akin to what I was feeling at the mm. time. Um, and to see, this sounds like it's like a, an idea from today, but like, and not to give myself too much credit as a 17 year old, but I really did recognize this as a 17 year old when I was struggling with my own body coming into like my own sexuality to see. And at that time, 50 year old, or she was like 49, right. Show up disco 
the the body the peak perfection like i hate to to sexualize her in that way but like it was just so powerful that it kind of made me drop some of the angst that i was living in mm. and was just like let's embrace pink purple like it was like the whole look of like can you channel um an angst into a dance app. Like I, I understood that through way. Um, and yeah, it was really fun. And also like, I had not heard an artist at that time done like modern disco, right? Disco was something like my mom listened to. Yeah. And this was my ability to embrace it, like in modernity, which was so cool for me. This is like the period that she aspired to, you know, like when she came to New York, like Studio 54, that that disco right. world that she actually didn't have full access to when she came. Right. She had just met, she wasn't cool enough to get in there. Right. And so this yeah. is what I'm saying. Like my mom went to Studio 54 and has like legendary tales. And like, you know, I bumped into this one and that one that was not accessible to me. I was born in 88. So like that was like her life right before she became my mother. And I was always jealous when she spoke about it because not only jealous that I wasn't there, but also I was like, that's what I took you away from. And oh. so then to see Madonna be able to give me Studio mm. 54, you know what I mean? It was like, I don't know, it was a lot of things, but it's different. Like you said, there's something... Um, I don't think she's fully accepted into the world when she's right. She's, she's in, she had to make her own disco. Like she didn't fully get the, I don't know, like the, yeah. the key to the, when she's up on, uh, she's up here, like, yeah. like, like, um, lording over everybody in this way. Yeah. Did your mother like the record? Did, did your mother listen to confessions? Like she always did because I would, I think I kept the fandom alive for her. She just, uh -huh. you know, she just like became, she became an adult and like, just wasn't as into anything pop culture. You know, yeah. she was like a single working mom. She was busy, yeah. but I kept like the fandom alive for her. That's great. Love that. Great. I love that. Well, so, should we talk about Push? Let's talk about Push. So Madonna wrote this song with Stuart Price. Um, and it does, I will say this about this song. So this is kind of the home stretch of this record. Um, mm -hmm. We're kind of running at us, like, like all great, po powerful pop records. There is a denouement and we're here yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. running out of steam. And but what is so interesting, the music and the production of this song feels so forward thinking and uh -huh. so modern and so right of the moment. And that's what I remember being like, oh, they Stuart brought her this music. And then she wrote those lyrics on top of it. But like, I love the music. I think it's powerful and progressive and really cool. Yeah. The music. Like, let's be clear. The music is my through way through the whole thing. This could be an instrumental track for me. And I would mm. still probably be just as passionate about it because, you know, the lyrics get a little, we'll, we'll get into lyrics, but um, just the opening, those little bells. Mm -hmm. like, to me, it is the feeling, because this is what I associate the song with for myself. It is the moment when you pick yourself back up and you know 
you're staying the course this time for you. Like this is this is the rock bottom that works this time. Yeah. This the, and when I hear those little bells, it's to me, it's like setting up for like, mm. okay, now I got it. Now I got it. And a, and a kind of joy and there's yes, a dizziness to the bells. Like, yeah, that's that what makes I'm it like, like we're gonna skip down the street because I got it. Exactly. Yeah. And think about how many times in life you have to pick yourself back up and you do it with reluctance. You do it with resentment. You do it not really over the thing that knocked you down. Yeah. And then hopefully you graduate to a moment of oh, I actually see the lesson in that thing, and now I know what to fucking do. And that's what that intro music is to me yes that's so fucking rad i i see that so and i feel that so clearly because i always feel like how high isaac you know build they they're in relationship to each other right like oh i'm gonna forsake my why did i do am i on the right journey i'm gonna look for another door i'm gonna go another way this Mm -hmm. is harder and i'm exhausted and that sort of is a frenzy isaac for me and then it's like yeah yeah, she's on the ground and it's like when she i always imagine her doing this really athletic movement to this that's yes She's so tired, but she's like, I'm just going to keep working, you know? And like, for me, it's where, you know, you, you know, Mark, you were saying, oh, the album sort of loses steam. I think she's like, no, we're going to, we're going to push to the end and we're going to keep moving, you know, in a way that is unusual, like at this time in an album. Well, and she's applying the lessons from the previous songs, like the things she's looked at. She's now like, okay, now this is how I'm going to do it in my, like, this is my life. This is me doing it in my life. And I'm going to, kind of go into it right um yeah and it's another one of those music i mean uh, gia let me know if you feel this way like it's another song that on like on confession stuart price is a very restless composer it it moves and changes and morphs again and i think that that's what's always been so jarring for me is that like it it never feels like it settles into like a traditional structure which i kind of want it to do Every time I listen to it, it also feels like short and it's not. I think it's like three minutes mm. and change, which is like a traditional pop song, Madonna song. It's three but minutes I, and 57 seconds. So it doesn't even hit the four. Oh, I think it is the shortest song on the record, too. But, but it feels short to me. Yeah. And, um, and maybe that's part of it. Like it doesn't fully take off like i i see what you're saying maybe it doesn't fully take off it kind of always feels like it's building to something mm-hmm. but i don't know maybe that's the beauty of it that this is the song of like okay i'm gearing up i'm like i have the seatbelt on i know where i'm going yet this yeah. is the drive this yeah. is the mm. getting ready for the drive or so, i don't know i love that yes 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 and we're just gonna work let's go to work you know mm-hmm. Um, sonically, I feel like I really love Madonna's voice in this because it she's again like really f- playing with her vocal choices, which is my favorite thing when she just lets her voice go to these different places. I feel like there are two Madonna voices in this that are talking to each other in a way, though they're both talking to one you who we can decide mm-hmm. or not decide who the you is in this. What do you think about like, do you think there are two voices? Do you think it's her talking to herself? Do you think? I don't know. Like, you know, when I think of you push me to go the extra mile, like those are two different sounds. Yeah. 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 Well, it's almost like, okay. If the you is someone that you have a conflict with, 
<laughs> but you understand that there's a benefit of that conflict either because of that person's push or what that push makes you realize about yourself and then realign or whatever, right? Then that could be you in conversation, like you push me, could be negative to do something good. You push me, right? So that mm-hmm. could be like in conversation with oneself of almost like a pros and cons list. Yeah. Maybe that's like how I see that. I like that. Well, I, yeah, I love yeah. I love the kind of um, the the kind of squeezing to go the extra mile when it's difficult to smile like those those kinds of of smushed lyrics. She's having so many thoughts and the urgency of it is kind of like sh- that's more important than than making the song the line poetic. Yeah, um, she's squeezing in so many ideas and it's and it feels like. It feels to me like a like a celebration of a of an abrasive relationship. It is yeah. an abrasive, and I think that so some of those. I mean, I'll be honest with you, Kenny Finkel and I have some turbulence sometimes, and it's the best thing. It brings us both up to a a better level with each other because the stakes are so high. And I feel like yeah. there's this kind of abrasiveness in the song that, but it does feel it's that same rush of and thrill of falling in love. It's like yeah. you're tumbling into the next thing together. I was, I, I just had this idea of like tumbling down a hill, like you're, you're fighting at the top of a hill and then you tumble down it together. Not yeah. Kenny and I tumbling down a hill, but like, like, like <laughs> the girls on little house on the prairie, Kenny, you're looking mystified. <laughs> you know, when they tumble down the hill, like, like, I feel like they're like, Oh, w- the stakes are so high. We got to like, and then, and off we go. Yeah. 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 No, no, I get that. I get that. Okay. So then I have to ask, who do you think the you is? Um, when I first heard the song, this is me. I thought, oh, it's obviously Guy. Um, right. right. But as I've listened to it in the context of the album, I think it's multiple people or multiple Same. things, right? I think it's yeah. Guy. I think it's God. I think it's Kabbalah. I think it's herself, um, like her reflection. Um, I think it's us. Yeah. I, you know, I. I, okay. You think it's Guy at first. And also this is probably my influence of like, I'm going to tell you a secret. There's that whole scene on the boat where she's like, yeah. your soulmate isn't the part, right? We all know that little speech. So it's like, it's guy, but could it be a collective you? And like, maybe this is too generous, like fans a little bit, but like, or, you know, her people, like her, her army, if that makes sense. Um, like, I think there's something collective about it, but I also like the idea that it's maybe another version of herself and it is a reflection. Mm. Um, and that would show what she's learned, right? Like mm-hmm. this version of myself is the you pushing me. I don't know. There's like so many people that it could be, but I think it's too simple to give it to Guy. You push me when I don't appreciate you. You push me not to
I think some of the, I think the lyrics started maybe about Guy. And then as she worked on them, it took on a more universal um, yeah. uh, kind of truth to it because it is kind of an association of like, God, you're always in my face. You're always pushing me, but I am a better version of myself. And, Oh, adversary. Like I, I love adversary. I love being, I mean, in some ways, this is another one of those, um, they're kicking me down and I'm going to get back up Madonna songs, right. um, in, in a more generous way though. And I love that about this, 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 this feels to me like a, a, a generous take on that of like, it's worth it to be pushed out That's of my comfort zones. It's worth like- is it fans? Is it media on some level? Like, is it, is the you like fame kind of, could it be like, I don't know. That's something kind of interesting as well. Yeah. This resonates with me with this current period we're in, because I think, you know, her putting together this tour going on tour and it's all about really, you know, she always says it's like about us. It's about, Oh, I want to give you guys the show that you want. I'm doing this for you. And I think that that is in her mind frequently. Like I have a responsibility to you to lead, to show you a future, to give you a way of living, to give you joy, to bring that happiness to you and through and to do that, I need to push myself further. I need to dig deeper. That comes up for me. Like I think about this, this is this album or when we're in this process, which we've been in for a while of going through, you know, the songs and like going, wow, we're exhausted doing this. Like, and thinking about she made all of this, like that she has to keep finding ways to keep digging deeper. And they're in like other artists, other artists would have stopped by now. You know what I mean? And so what is driving her? And I do think it's that connection with us, this need to give us something and to help us change to like, I think going back to your connection to, I'm going to tell you a secret, like this idea of like, well, a concert is a way to bring all these people into the light. You know, mm-hmm. I think she's talking to us on jump as well. Like, you know, and that it's similar idea, not similar, but the idea of like, are you ready for this? You have to do this. You have to jump. And we're going to keep pushing further. You're inspiring me to go further. If you jump with me, we'll go there. Right. You know. Well, sometimes she's the antagonist on this album. Like she's challenging you. Yeah. In this song, she's reflecting on what it feels to be challenged. And we're sometimes, right? There's a million songs about feeling pushed up against a wall. This is not what she's saying. Um, she's She's acknowledging progression Mm. that comes from uh sometimes the the motion of like having somebody else bump up against you a better Mm -hmm. version of myself like and 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 i owe it all to you and and i do I, i love that idea of like it being about fans and fame and and um you know because we wouldn't it's this weird thing because in some ways she wants to feel like she's in the driver's seat and she is the artist and, and she's going to do what she's going to do. But at the same time, there's a symbioticness because if we're not there to listen and receive it, what good is it? And, and all the time, like, yeah, I always think, (laughs) and this is like, shows you the kind of fan I am. I'm like, do they think about us? Like, do they, They think about like, there's there's so many types of fans, right? There's like the crazy people that like are almost like versions of paparazzi, but just like the everyday 
true fan of the artist, really gets it. Do they think of like, we're the client, we're the spectator, we're the, and I think she does, you know, like there's an impression that Madonna is cold and she mm. can be, but I, I do think she knows that she's, I don't want to say working for us, but like she knows that there are people that get it or, or that want to get it and want to root for her. And I, I like to think like she does do it a little or she does feel positively pushed by those of us. I love the, uh, yeah. I love what you said about wanting to get it. I, I love, I think that is inspiring just as much as that. Not so much the, 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 the crazy fans that like, we're, we're always going to be fans of like those people that we're going to, yeah. you know, anything. It's the ones that can be, that are going to their first Madonna concert with some, cause Madonna's doing the hits on this next tour. Right. Can, can she turn though? Can those people want to be transformed? I think those are the people she's thinking about more than anybody else because she knows she has so many already. Yeah. Yeah. And what can they do with what she gives them now? Right. I find that inspiring. Like the, the, there's always an opportunity to transform and to change yeah. and to be inspired. There's this um, guy at my gym. He's like works at the front desk. His name is Winston. Uh, he doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm saying hi to him anyway. Um, and I was telling him about the podcast. He and he was like, "Oh yeah." Um, he was like, "I actually found." Um, he's like, "Hung up" is is one of my favorite songs. And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Oh yeah." I listened to the Confessions live version of that um, when I'm like on my runs, and it really inspires me. I was like, "He's like something about it. It just builds and builds." And when she's calling out to the audience, I feel that energy. And I was like, "That's Madonna, Winston. That's the power <laughs> of Madonna. You have to go now and do all this stuff." Like I was like, "That's what it is. She will inspire you and move you and get you up and going." And thinking about like what you can do and possibility. And I do think that that you're right, Mark. Like, yeah, she, Madonna doesn't, it's not that she takes us for granted, but she knows we're going to go with her wherever she goes. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and then how can she keep spreading that joy and that power? Um, it's hey, so true that, and, and like the live, you know, the tour video, I mean, the tour album of everything that comes from this is like, I do think you feel the relationship. I, yeah. I feel the relationship when I listen to it live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. Do, do you um, have, Gia, do you have th things in your, like who pushes you in your life? Okay. So what my, inspires you like to be the better version of yourself? Yeah. I say this all the time. I have like a really close group of best friends and, and I do everything for like, the teenage version of myself and also like my friends. Like, so my mm -hmm. friends are like my, uh, the people that I bounce ideas off of. They're the people I have a creative job. Like they're always the first people I go to for feedback and I like workshop with them. Um, and because I am always required, like requesting that feedback, I'm getting pushed a lot. I'm being told by the people that I love the most, like, this is not your best or, or mm -hmm. like, unpack this further or whatever. Um, and then sometimes I get my feelings really hurt, but I ask for it every single time. So, uh, yeah. And in particular, my best friend, Tony, when this album came out and I was really in again, that like bad teenage girl place, I think he had several conversations with me, but like just one day it clicks of like, 
He's like, you you know, we're 17 years old. Like whatever is bothering you right now, there's going to be a whole life after this. And you just a little bit need to cut the shit. <laughs> and like it, one day it, it, it came through. Um, so I always think of him when I hear this song mm-hmm. because yeah, like to think like how close you are to quitting life as a teenager, you know, over bullying, you know, whatever stuff that is so irrelevant. Um, So yeah, I think of him when I think of this song. Perfectionism is very scary. You know, to me, I, I, I shy away from perfectionism. I feel like I introduce myself like, hi, I'm a B plus student, you know, like (laughs) these are my ex, like, this is what you're going to get. And and we know Madonna is a perfectionist, right? But I don't know that this is the perfectionist voice in her head. I think this is one of those other voices that is reminding her that it's okay to not get it right on the first try, Mm. um, which is helpful for me because I'm also a big quitter. I like to get, I like to master things very easily. And if I don't, I just say, okay, that's not for me. So I need that push to sometimes be told, calm down, look at it a fourth time. I'm sure it'll begin to click. Madonna never did this song live and she's never done a video. She's there's never been really a remix, an official remix. It's one of those kind of tucked away album tracks that we love you know, to you talk know. about. Yeah. Um, right. What would this look like? What do you think this would look like though? If she did it, li- like if she opens confession tour oh 2024 <laughs> with push. I would hope she wouldn't because I feel like everyone would look at me and be like, this is the one you like. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. And maybe this is really obvious and obvious for her, but like, this is a yoga video to me, or this is a, like, this is a watching her maybe get into some of the craziest stuff she can do. And we maybe see some of those failure poses. Like maybe this is like a really, um, like BTS kind of looking video where we're watching her, in in her practice um because we know she could do crazy shit but like you have to train for that you know so maybe this is a little bit of like seeing the prep and a yoga video i feel like she's in like a wife beater in this like i just want to see her like sweaty and working out and like 
see parts that suck and then maybe the triumph of like a final headstand or something. I don't know. Or she falls and then smiles like I still pushed myself. I didn't triumph, but I'm the effort. That's better. That's better. Um, We don't see, we don't see the final perfect pose. All right. I think we probably should wrap up, but Gia, you know, we're this, we're in our confessions on a dance floor. And so we're wondering, do you have a confession that something you want to confess today? I do. And it's very related to this song. So I, I wanted a tattoo to commemorate this album. I was 17. So I had to sneak into the city and it was actually very easy. I feel like I just was like, Oh, I guess I forgot my ID at home. And the guy was like, it's fine. Get a tattoo. Um, but I wanted it to be, I wasn't totally sure if my mom was going to be mad. So I wanted it to be someplace like that she wouldn't see. So I actually have the word push tattooed on the back of my neck. And I was very like proud that I like, I did it. I did it for this album. I like got away with getting an illegal tattoo. And as soon as I told everyone, they were like, you got the word push like on the back of your neck. Like that's, it's a little suggestive. And I was like totally innocent about it. and was like, no, this is like, I did this for myself to vote, motivate myself um, and whatever. But my confession is I totally knew it was suggestive and that's <laughs> part of why I did it. Can we see I, it? Yeah. I mean, wow. it's like in my hairline. I have, you're, you're going to see like my other dumb. Yeah. Let's see yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Oh, that is gorgeous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Who's the so, guy that's on your back too? Oh, um, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, but it kind of looks like um, he's oh. like a bad lesbian. <laughs> that that looks like um Marvin's like room, of, Le- Marvin's kind of room like Leonardo DiCaprio. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Marvin's room. To be first. like 19, 19 year old Leo. Um that's a that's a great confession. Yeah. 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 And that's everyone was like on the back of your neck. I was like, "What? It's just like so my mom wouldn't see, but I knew." I knew. <laughs> was that I also your like first the tattoo? font? That was my first tattoo. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. My first yeah, three were Madonna tattoos. I have Push, I have a Lucky gonna, Star, and then I got... Uh, I'm going to tell you a secret. Yeah. And then I stopped. And then I, then I moved on to my other my other uh, ideas. That's amazing. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah, so so good. now, after Confessions, you're now a, a professional, creative woman living still in your hometown of Jersey City. Um, what does she mean to you now? Like, how is that from that initial Confessions on a dance floor? Like, where does she sit now in your kind of life and your world? And, you know, how does that... How is it now? Because it's been like over 20 years. So yeah, yeah. Um, I feel very much like I I have like a a muse kind of relationship with Madonna. I have a visual almost in my head of like she sits on a shelf in my brain. And sometimes when I need to balance an idea, it's like I look at her and she gives me a look back of um. I don't know. Sometimes she doesn't even really like tell me yes or no, but she's just like this figure in my head that I think I'm always conscious of like, would this make her proud? Is this how she would handle something? Um, so yeah, she's just like a, a muse to me and somebody that I'm, I'm always like 
checking in with, I think, um, and wondering like what her opinion would be of certain decisions I make and especially like creative decisions. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but she like just sits on a shelf in my head is always what I say. I love that. I love that too. Now, um, you mentioned one run-in with Madonna recently. Mm-hmm. Have you met her before or seen her before that? Or do you want to talk no, about that? I never okay. saw her before, but a dear friend of mine is married to the producer of um, the Broadway musical six. And I hadn't seen the show and they mentioned like, you should come see the show, whatever. And they like, there was like a slight hint of like somebody you love might also be there. And I don't know, I kind of maybe got the feeling it could be Madonna or like somebody that I really love. Um, and I'm sitting there, the show is about to start. I'm with my other friend and we, we don't see her come in with any bodyguards and we turn around and we see all the kids filter in and she was seated directly behind me. Specifically, Mercy was behind me, but all the kids were there. Um, no Rocco, no Lola, but the, the four young kids were there. Madonna, a friend, and maybe like one other handler, but like no bodyguards or anything. Um, so I made it through the whole show. The show is phenomenal. So it's very easy to pay attention and focus on the musical. But the whole time I'm like, she's behind me, like at some point, if I can. And when the show is over, she just got up like she was a regular person. She's like filtering out of the crowd, just like everybody else is. And um, she's just like, we caught each other's eye. And I just reached out and I said, I, I'm, I'm going to show, I'm going to, I'm going to see you. And she said, Oh, okay. Thanks. And just floated into the crowd and I blacked out. Um, and I, I just like, she is, she is still recording this from the, uh, the, the Brooke Atkinson theater. She's still yeah. there on the floor. I'm still there. Like I totally just blacked out. I don't even remember leaving. I don't even remember anything else. Um, but yeah, like during the end of the the finale of the musical, like little confettis fall down. So I picked up one of the confetti and I put it in my pocketbook and like, it's there with me. That's the confetti from when I got to speak to Madonna for three seconds. Oh, I love it. I mean, I'm going to say, you know, she sits in this shelf in your mind and here's this moment where, you know, this icon appears in your life. I would say that's an affirmation of all the things you're doing. You know, Amen. that you had that connection that was just yeah. the universe telling you, yes, you're on the right path. You know, um, that's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And we were so happy you came on the show today and joined us for this song. And oh, totally. What totally. a wonderful conversation about push. Did I did we convince you to like it maybe a little bit more? Well, I, I, you know what, gee, I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, I think it's going to become your song. When I listen to this record, I'm going to think of you and I'm going to think of your tattoo and I'm going (laughs) to think of 17 year old Gina, Gia in Jersey. When I'm going to look over to Jersey, when I, when I'm listening to it. Um, and I'm going to think about our little friend Winston at the gym too. I'm going to think about the people that are continuing to be inspired by the song, because I do think it's a song that I think at the time everyone just kind of boxed in as a Guy Ritchie song and it isn't that it's a song about inspiration and and drive and and um, so I'm 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 a bigger fan after this conversation than I was coming in so thank you both for that <laughs> mission complete <laughs> till next time bye